0: All right, we are accepting calls this hour from time travelers only. If you have traveled in time, or you are presently a traveler to this time, then we want to hear from you. Uh, otherwise, the phone lines are closed, but for that group, they are certainly open. Uh, with that in mind, uh, top of the morning to you on the wild card line. You are on the air. Hello. Hello. everybody welcome back to the infinite fringe my name is billy ray valentine greetings and blessings to each and every one of you as usual and uh what's up tyconic how you guys doing hackerhameen.podbeam.com tune in radio iHeartRadio. you know the whole deal you know where you can find me but anyway uh we're coming close uh to halloween a lot of people are really skeptical about halloween you know all your worshiping the devil and doing all this other stuff now i i kind of have fun with it i i, I enjoy halloween very much You know, and uh, we go out and do things. I wonder how the hell it's going to translate today, uh, this day and age with with COVID. But regardless, we're going to go ahead and do this. Like, I've been trying to do this for a while. Since I've had the show, I always wanted to do like a Halloween show of sorts. And I've got two lined up at the very least this time. And uh, I've never been able to accomplish it, but I'm very happy that I'm uh, doing it now. This is very, very fun. This is going to be a fun episode, man. I'm I'm very interested in this, man. Um, I have. Uh, someone that I was aware of for a few years now and uh, I finally found him on Twitter and I hit him up and he's gracious enough to give us some time and talk to us. Uh, the foremost expert or collector of uh, talking boards in, in possibly the world. I'll let him correct me if I am wrong. Uh, Robert Merch is here with us today. Uh, it, it, is, it is a pleasure and an honor to have you on, sir. This is going to be incredibly interesting uh, how are you? And welcome to your maiden voyage to the Infinite Fringe.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great. And uh, I'm sorry it took so long for me to get back to you. I was uh, recovering from a back surgery, but I'm, Dude, I'm super happy to be here.
0: You got back to me in like a day. If that's a long thing <laughs> you did, you did great. You know, I was very happy uh, how long, it, I mean, of, of the, uh, you know, the turnaround time. Typically, sometimes it takes people longer, you know, to do that. So I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, that you hit me up. And let's talk about this, man. Like, I mean, this isn't something that people just fall into one day. Well, maybe you did, but typically, you know, <laughs> this isn't something that people. Well, let me just co- uh, collect some Ouija boards, right? There's a lot of superstition uh, yes. uh, behind these things. A lot of lore. People won't touch them, and people have had, uh, from what I from what I understand, crazy experiences with these things. You know, and uh, me personally, as I as I told you a little bit. Uh, before we went on air. You know, I'm Latino, so you know, we 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 <laughs> we were very cautious about these sort of things, right? We see a, a Ouija board, we're like, "You know what? I'm not touching that thing." And I've never touched one in my life, but I'm very interested in knowing about them and if I could find an uh, a real old one because I like to collect old stuff, I might just, you know, put some money down and and get one at some <laughs> point. But I'd keep it in a corner somewhere under a freaking <laughs> box. <laughs> don't don't go over there is what I would say. But anyway, how did you get involved in something like this?
1: Yeah, I, well, for you know, it's funny. Uh, I moved uh, to Denver from Boston about four years ago. And uh, I have a Ouija museum in the basement, you know, where I can kind of display my collection. And, and you can see the wall behind me. This is my office. So okay. it makes great backdrops but uh it living in uh denver there are a lot of people from mexico who work and and they were you know we had a whole crew that were fixing up the house and doing stuff and they were predominantly mexican and the minute they realized they were making shelves and lighting for you know La oh no there was half the crew was gone literally like nope (laughs) nope we're done so it so i I, that was my first experience and how how long ago
0: how long ago was that if you don't mind me asking
1: that was just four years ago. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> so
1: yeah, they, uh, they were just like, sorry, you know, Nope. And so they had, you know, half the crew was fine with it. Cause they're like, we don't care. The other half was just like, Nope, don't even want to be near it. Like, Nope. And, uh, the house is pretty well covered just like the walls are. So, you know, I can understand, but you know, uh, it, it's interesting, different cultures see the Ouija board differently and uh, Americans, you know, or Western tend to be they like to play with spirits. Right. I mean, it's the idea with the Ouija board, you know, you sit down and you play, but if you talk to people like Latino, um, they don't believe in playing with the spirits. Like they believe in the spirits, but you're not supposed to like play with them. And and that becomes an interesting, an interesting thing for sure.
0: I want to, I want to walk down that road with you just a little bit, man. Right. But uh, maybe before, you know, the thing is I, I might, we may go down several avenues and then I'll forget to come back. I do this all the time. (laughs) <laughs> but, but you brought it up now. So so we'll talk and, and then I'll, I'll try to circle back with my other ideas. But playing with spirits, that's a very interesting phrase. Right. And, and it's a no brainer for me. I ain't playing with no spirits. Right. <laughs> it's not happening. Sorry. Out of the question. Right. I, I don't think it's something to be played with. You know, and mm-hmm. what, what's the attitude? I mean, you're the expert on this. So America, in your opinion, has a playing with spirits attitude. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. Talking boards, if we look at like 1886 is when they leak out of the spiritualist movement and become like, you know, something everyone might play with just got a little more popular. Yeah. And then Ouija itself is interesting because it's it. They decided we're not going to market it as something that talks to spirits because then it's a very small part of the population. Right. right, right. If we want to get this in everyone's. House, we have to make it kind of interesting to everyone. So they were really smart. They said, Hey, uh, we're going to make the Ouija board that it gets its name, which is its own story. But once it gets its brand, they need to make sure that this is the ultimate board. And the way to do that is to say, we don't claim to know how or why this works, but with your patience, it will exceed your greatest expectations. And they'd say, okay, ask Ouija a question. Ouija does Bobby like me. Okay. Or you could say, grandma, are you there? And so they basically let you decide how what you wanted to do with it. So the Ouija board proper that we think are all talking boards, um, they have never been marketed as games to talk to spirits. It's just been a game. Yeah. So that's why it's so popular. Mm-hmm. And And I think – because death was so pervasive in the 1800s we see the spiritualist movement take off in 1848 in hydesville new york Mm -hmm. you know you're from new york so um that's that area the burned over district was a lot of interesting things came out of and talking to the spirits was one of them and uh, the talking board is just one of many uh different spirit communication devices that came out of it it's just the one that lasted And, and because the people who made ouija marketed it to everybody it's the most popular and it has remained because every generation kind of rediscovers it and you know it's in movies and tv shows and i've worked on them and and that's half the fun
0: right right right. now what what's the 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 rationale behind it right like how does this thing work because uh you know it's a, a bunch of letters and and they're arranged in a particular fashion and uh then there is the i don't know what what to call it the the piece. The right. The piece the piece that you use to move around or that it moves you. I, I don't know. But but where did this come from? You seem to know a a bit of the history behind it. If you don't mind, I I would like you to just give us a little bit of background of where this thing just came from.
1: Sure. So um, you know, spiritualist, in eighteen forty eight, uh, in Hydesville, New York, the Fox sisters, they hear knocking in their house and they decide to try to talk to it. Because they can't understand where it's coming from. And they say that they receive intelligent answers back. So they start saying like, okay, one knock for yes and two knocks for no. They'd ask questions. And then they'd get answers. Holy crap, right? And then the Associated Press starts picking this up. And boom, all of a sudden, all across the country, people are talking to spirits. All of a sudden, it, it kind of just really, really gets everyone interested. And really quickly, they almost have a talking board. They lay out uh, alphabet cards, take a pencil or their finger, and they'll say, make a knock on the wall or the table when we get to the right letter. That just takes a long time. So I mean, you know, things would start to speed up. It's like texting, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, right, right. you can text a lot and then eventually you're like, I got to pick up the phone. There's just too much of this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so That's basically what happened. It it took a long time. In the 1870s, we can see them again using like a a pointer to point out the letters. But in 1886, we see them actually take what was from the 1850s, the planchette. Today, it's the movable piece that we put our hands on and ask a question. Mm. But at one time, it was not part of the Ouija board. It was just it was on its own. And it didn't have a big hole that you look through. It had a small hole at the top where a pencil would go through. And then the other two ends of the heart-shaped device, it would have these little caster wheels. And you'd lay your hand on it. And you'd ask a question. And the spirit would write out the answer with your hand on it. And, again, people started going, okay, it's really hard to read handwriting. That's written by your hand. So – they would, you know, flip over the pencil or, um, you know, use the pointer into it, put layout cards and start letting the planchette point to it. And in 1886, we see the, the real marrying of the two. Suddenly, the the planchette becomes part of the Ouija board and history is made. That, that combination seemed to be magic.
0: Incredible. Incredible stuff, you know. Um, so, I mean, the listeners won't be able to see this, but possibly people on Iconic, if I end up putting it up there will be able to see this and and they see what you have behind you it freaking looks dope it, it looks fantastic man like um you know i wish i had something like that to be honest with you it's very very cool um <laughs> thank you but i mean what what do people say like they come to your house and <laughs> you know and they see all these things like you know there's a superstition behind it even in in the states i mean i guess all over the world right you know um mm-hmm. and uh people yeah. people come in and look at this or do they call you a satanist what, what, what do they say
1: <laughs> um, I think there, you know, I, I have over a thousand boards and I collect lots of stuff, you know, things that are uh, everything that's connected to the Ouija board. So sheet music and articles and photographs and everything, because I really want to be able music to track connected?
0: it. I don't want to lose this point. This is the only reason I'm, I'm interrupting you. My apologies. How, how, does no? she, how does sheet music connect to a, a Ouija board?
1: because it made it into music. There were a couple of songs in the 1920s, like Ouija, Ouija, Tell Me Do, right. and Ouija Mine, and oh. 1901, There's a Charm About the Old Love Still. So we, we see it leak into pop culture. And what's interesting about the Ouija board is that it's really everywhere. It's in every TV show. It's in every movie. It's just part of us. We don't see it as much because it's always there. But if you really pay attention, suddenly you start going, oh, wow, look at that, right. look at that. So I'm an extreme case, right? Like there are lots of collectors, (laughs) and I'm the head of the Talking Board Historical Society. You can see it on my shirt. And uh, there's, we actually created a a historical society for for Ouija boards, and 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 it just helps, you know, save the history. One of the things we did was, you know, there was a woman involved um, in naming the Ouija board and helping get it patented. No one knew that she just had been written out of history, and we were able to really dig in and and find that. So we put in gravestones and we put in plaques that, uh, tell people the history of that spot. And it's just a lot of fun. We do it all over the country. So music is one way I can see how, um, people are looking at the Ouija board. It's become so popular. It's now a song, you know, and, and that really helps me. So, um, as a historian, I'm always trying to find how you view the Ouija board in the time it happens, because we look at it, like you said, people might look at me like a Satanist because yeah. today people have this really big fear. And, you know, I, I've been at many conventions and we set up all the boards and people will literally walk as far away <laughs> as they can. As, you know, right, right, right. Uh, other people come right over. And it, it, it's, a, it's a fun thing because every kid knows what to do, right? They, they walk right over and a little kid, they put their hands right on it and, and I start asking questions. It's so part of our pop culture. Yeah. And, and what's cool about the Ouija board is today... It's people's like first on purpose experience with the paranormal right. like before that they might have heard something or see something or experienced something but this is the first time they're reaching out and and, and those first time experiences, they really make a huge impact. You know, we all remember our first, no matter what they are. First kiss, first time you drove, right. you know, it doesn't matter. And, um, and usually they don't go well. The first time you do something, is not like the best you've ever been. It, it takes practice. Right, and, right, right. Uh, same with the Ouija board,
0: man. And um, like I said, uh, while I am, you know, cautious and, and I wouldn't I wouldn't exactly mess with something like this, right? I, I would own one for sure. So I, I'd be one of the guys that comes over to the table, you know, and, hey, what's going on? You want to try this? No, but what's going on? <laughs> Tell me about <laughs> it, you know? Um, and uh, pretty much is what we're doing here. I'm very, I'm fascinated by it. I've always been. Like, you you talk about pop culture, right? It's all over. You're absolutely right. So I, I've seen it in movies. I've seen it in commercials. You've seen it. It's a game, right? Now it's a game, and, and, and people say that it's a way to get... Uh, satan into your home i don't necessarily believe that but still like it's a it's a you know like literally you can find it in the game section next to monopoly now right and, and that's part of the marketing that you spoke about earlier you know with this thing but um let's talk about your experience with it you know now sure. you're 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 the man here you have but i don't i don't think anybody rivals you in this like maybe not even close right at least not in the known spectrum of things. Um,
1: yeah, I, I, you know, so I'll tell you how it started. I, uh, I went to University of New Hampshire. I, I'm from New England, so you know, uh, close to New York. And uh,
0: are you a Red Sox I, fan?
1: I when they win, okay, good. but that that's doesn't good. happen a whole lot. That, that, so that's a good know. answer. I'll,
0: I'll take that. <laughs> <answer>. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> I, I also used to be a Patriots fan, but not now that Brady's gone. No so <laughs> Abandon
0: <I>, ship. <laughs> let's get, Let's go
1: out. Exactly. Go well, ahead, he did. So, yeah, right. <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, so basically, we'll, we'll go back a little further. Um. I, I was born and raised an Orthodox Jew and I don't look like that today. Shaved head, tattoos, earrings, whatever. I, you know, don't look like it, but I was raised that way. And when you're raised Orthodox, one of the cool things is, is that all the scary stuff isn't scary in the Bible because it's just baked in. So the supernatural, the paranormal, it's all real. You just believe it. And, and, and then it's not scary. It's more fascinating. You know, if you get, if you're exposed at a very young age and, uh, I was, And my grandmother loved sci-fi and she loved, uh, you know, not horror, but, you know, the paranormal. And uh, she would always let me do the things my mother would say you can't do, right? Like she, I'd be grounded. She'd say, your mother's gone. You're grounded when she comes back. And, oh, Creature Double Features on. Your mother doesn't want you to watch it. We're watching it. And uh, (laughs) one day when I was 13 years old in 1986, she uh, snuck me into a movie called Witchboard. Hmm. And, and that movie, Witchboard, changed my life because it was the first movie uh, that I know of that the Ouija board was the main character and everything revolved around the board. And I I couldn't understand at 13, but I was, you know, evolved enough to understand this, that people were really afraid of plastic and cardboard. Like these, this was like, holy crap, like <laughs> people are terrified of this. Right. And I thought, wow, why is that? And so it, it, that kind of got my interest. And then um, I went to UNH. I, I was in a quad, I had uh, three other roommates, and they wanted to rush for fraternity. And I, I knew that if I did that with them, I'd never graduate, It'd be a bad call for me. <laughs> so I, I decided I, I wouldn't, but um, you know, they would not have a place to go and have parties and have fun, but I'd also could go home and study. And part of them uh, going into the fraternity, they had, they were rushing for it and they had to, um, do a treasure hunt. And on the treasure hunt was an old Ouija board. And if you're from New England, every weekend you go antiquing, flea marketing, yard sailing, it's just kind of what you do. And, uh, I knew I had seen a bunch. So I went home, picked up a bunch. Uh, and when they gave them back, there were 10 and they were all different. And I thought, isn't there only one Ouija board? Hmm. So it started me researching. So I went to a place, I often joke around that your listeners might remember, and it definitely, it eats me and ages me. But I went to a place called a library, which was like (laughs) Wikipedia in a building.
0: You're hilarious. (laughs) um,
1: And every single encyclopedia said that the Ouija board came from a different place. And I thought, how can everyone know what the Ouija board is? Everyone have an experience, but we don 't know where it comes from and, and that set me off on a twenty something year journey of discovering where it came from, who is behind it what what happened, and why, and who and, and that 's really what happened that that really set me off into and so I have tracked down um, who who were the people from the original company, what were they doing, and then finding descendants of those people who have really helped uh, fill in. The gaps and it, it, a lot of the things on my walls, uh, stencils. You can see, like a stencil over here. Um, that was a gift from the Fold family, who made the Ouija board from 1890 to 1966 wow. when they sold it to Parker Brothers, and, and and that's one of the early stencils that actually made the boards that they were selling. So, um, wow, you know, I, it's a really cool thing. So yeah. my experience is really unique in the sense that I view the Ouija board through the people. Who use it and the people who are selling it and two different, totally different perspectives, because the Ouija board is really capitalism meeting spiritualism. You know, it was a, a way to make money off of something that is, you know, a little scary. And, and, you know, why do we still play the Ouija board today? Well, people are still dying and we don't have any answers any better than they did back in the mid 1800s when all of this started modern spiritualism. We don't know what happens when you die. You know. So the real question isn't, can you use the Ouija board to talk to the dead? The real question is, can you talk to the dead? Right. Because if the answer is yes, the Ouija board's easy, right? Of course it works. But we, we just don't know, you know. Are you talking to your subconscious? You know, idiomotor response. Uh, scientists believe that when you sit at the Ouija board and you place your fingertips on the planchette and you ask a question and it starts to move, What's really happening is something called idiomotor response, and that's the small movements in your hands and the fact that your subconscious wants the board to work, it actually takes those small movements and starts to push them, unbeknownst to you. So it's like your brain is fooling you. So it's pushing it, and that's where the answers are coming from. They're coming from you because you want it to work. That's what scientists believe. Spiritualists or people in the paranormal believe that you're talking to something that it, you don't maybe see in the room another entity other than you, mm-hmm. and psychics sometimes believe that there's a form of, um, you know, telepathy that's going on that you're reading each other's minds. So what scientists do know is that when you use the Ouija board, something very similar happens when you pray. Your brain changes because it focuses on what's happening. So when people say you're opening a doorway, you are. You know, the, the Ouija board isn't. The doorway, you're the doorway. Wow. You know, what's happening? It, what's happening is there's communication between you and something else, whether that's you and your subconscious, or you and maybe some telepathy, or you and some other thing that you're talking to. The Ouija board is the telephone. What makes the Ouija board unique, different than any paranormal equipment that people use to try to talk to the dead, is we give it power. If you get an EVP on a recorder that someone says, is anyone there? And then you go back and listen and it says like, die, die, I'm going to kill you. People think it's cool. They don't take their recorder and throw it out the window and say, I'll never have another recorder in my house again. When that happens with the Ouija board, we say, get the Ouija board out of the house. As if it's the thing that's caused the problem. It's just the telephone. And I think people forget that. But that's where things go wrong because they give the Ouija board power that it shouldn't necessarily have. And that's where things can go a little scary.
0: I mean, but it it is a very, a very odd looking telephone, right? There, there (laughs) there is a, there's a mystique around it just by looking at it. You know, you, you, you're attracted to it just by the way it looks like most telephones, even back in the day, it was what it was, you know, like a telephone, you know, but this thing is like, I don't know, there, there's something mystical about it. There is like, I mean, just by looking at it, even before the programming begins, because there's a lot of programming as, you know, the the way I feel, the way I feel, mainly because of what I've been told in pop culture and all this other stuff. Right. So it's a programming that's happened. I realize that. But way before all of that, I look at it and I'm attracted to it and I want to know about it. And I'm like, why? Why are the letters set up the way they are? You know, why does it look the way it does? You know, so it's a very interesting telephone. Right. And then we talk about, you know, um. It's always us. So that, that, that's, very, that's a very good point. You know, it, it, on both ends of the spec, if you're a scientist and you look at it the way you do, or if you're a spiritualist and you look at it the way you do, it's still something incredibly fascinating. And it puts us yes. in touch to what we really are if we really look at it. You know, so we're opening up portals here, right? Mm-hmm. To what exactly? You know, and it could be just to your own brain, you know, and, and that's, that's pretty cool in itself. But uh, it could lead to certain different experiences and and some of them may not be as pleasant some of them might be right now you yourself i mean i want to talk about different cases at some point uh, that you're familiar with but but you yourself you've been around this for all your life probably and you never really had a thing with it you thought it was a a piece of plastic or whatever and i'm sure you treasure the older ones of course right because there's something behind it right And, and that's pretty cool um but um oh go ahead what's up no,
1: they tell a story right. i mean they're talking boards they're supposed to talk right. and 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 what's what's fun about it is is it's how the we board works regardless of what how you think specifically like your beliefs beliefs are nine tenths of your reality mm. so you cannot help but see the world through your beliefs right, right? and and we bring that to the table like you were saying it's programming but it's also just like it's a little nuance it's 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 the way a catholic might approach it differently than a protestant different than a jew yeah. different than a latino you know we just get bigger and bigger and, and kind of go about it but um the reason people are attracted to it because what if it works what if this one time you reached out and you got an answer and, and we have to think back the spiritualist movement Everyone, the biggest question is what happens to us when we die? I think mankind has been trying to answer this question since the beginning of time. Mm. You know, cavemen pray to the sun. It, it, there's always, they always want to know, humans want to solve the puzzle. We're puzzle solvers. Right. But sometimes we don't have any answers. So we we make faith. We decide, well, we'll believe in something even though we can't prove it because it, it seems right and it makes us feel better. And that's great. I don't think anyone really knows what happens when you die. But again, what if this simple device actually worked? What if, you know, you had a friend and the last thing you said was you were in a fight and they walked out the house, got hit by a car. You never got to say you're sorry. What if they just died suddenly and you never got to tell them one last time how much you love them? And what if you want to find out what's going to happen to your family? What's going to happen to my mom and dad when they pass or what's going to happen to me? Yeah, And and those questions are, are so central to what happens when you play the Ouija board. You can't help but bring that with you.
0: Right. Right. No, I, I, um, I agree, you know, and, and uh, it touches on if not the biggest mystery of mankind, what happens when we're done here. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, everybody wants to find out some people are, are much more eager than others, but uh, everybody wants to find out. Everybody wants to know what's on the other side. And, uh, there are people that say that the Ouija board is something that, that can answer that for them. So, you yourself, um, you've been playing around with them for quite some time. Have you experienced anything, quote-unquote, supernatural? Meaning, uh, you know, I mean, putting your... Well, I don't know how you could put your beliefs aside on this. So, just tell me what you've experienced. So, go ahead.
1: I, you know, I, I've never experienced anything bad. First of all, but I, I tend to follow a few rules, I think. And and one is that I don't hand my power over to it. I, I use the goodbye at the bottom. It's a little hang up button. So for saying it's a telephone. It's like when we were younger, before, you know, they had caller ID, we used to call people and crank them. We'd pretend to be people and say, you know, hi, your refrigerator's running. It is, you better go <laughs> catch it. I mean just the stupidest things. Right. Basically, that's what you're doing with the Ouija board. You're reaching out and calling to something you don't know what's going to answer. So, you know, talking to someone on the subway, it it could be the nicest person in the world, could be Jeffrey Dahmer. You you just you really don't know. It's that you should act the same way. You're talking to a stranger. Why someone would believe that the Ouija board is absolutely going to tell them the truth? I don't know. You know, people don't tell the truth. So why would a piece of plastic and cardboard? And the other thing that happens is, is people believe there's, there is a belief that uh, when you die, you suddenly become omniscient. You know everything. Well, Casper the Ghost has never come down and given us the rule book as to what happens when you die. Mm. We don't know if that's true. And logically, why would you know any more when you died than when you were alive? And if you were a bad person when you were alive, you might be a bad person when you're dead. (laughs) You know, you don't know what you're dealing with. So again, it keeping the hang up button um is a good idea and knowing what you're going to ask here's an example of um we did OuijaCon in 2015 it was uh the uh, 125th anniversary of the naming of the Ouija board and we did it in Baltimore where it got its name um the the mayor was involved the city was involved it was really fun and um it was just you know we had a blast Mm -hmm. it was really cool Everyone's celebrating this this iconic thing and and it kind of hit me that um These girls came running up and said, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Like we had a really bad experience with the Ouija board. Help us!" And and yeah, I was really like, "Okay, well, you know, what happened?" And they said, "Well, we're using the Ouija board, and the Ouija board told us how and when we were going to die." And I was like, "Well, that's awfully specific. Why, you know, why would it do that? What did you ask it?" What were you doing and what did you ask it when you were doing this? And they said, well, we asked how and when we were going (laughs) to die. And and so exactly. I started (laughs) laughing. Well, don't ask those questions because obviously that's not what you want to know. Ask the lottery numbers, you know, Mm. like, like go win the lottery and have your Ouija board be in the Smithsonian. Like I, I, the biggest thing is don't ask questions you don't want to know. And also be aware that humans see patterns sometimes where they shouldn't. Mm. When we were little, we would look up at the sky and the clouds, and you would see all kinds of animals in the clouds and faces. They're not really there. It's just that evolution has programmed us to make sense of the nonsense. So we think we see things because our brain is constantly trying to just put it together. When you use the Ouija board, it's not necessarily what happens when you use it that scares you. It's what happens after. And and that becomes unique because you use it, and then you think, well— What if I didn't close the portal? What if I didn't shut the connection down? What if these spirits can now see me because I was trying to talk to them? And so you go home and you start to hear noises in your house. It's possible those noises were always there. Your brain just filtered them out because they had no meaning. But you're giving them meaning now because you've had this experience. So then you start to see shadows. Well, those shadows may have always happened when the house, you know, as things pass by your house. But you never paid attention because, again, they didn't make sense. Now your brain's starting to connect dots that aren't supposed to be connected. But the more they do that, the more belief you have, the more power you've given over to the Ouija board. And that's, again, where it gets scary because people start to listen to it and do what it says. Why would you do what a stranger says? It's just you have to remember in your head, I'm in control. I'm in charge. And when I'm done, I'm
0: done. It's like that episode of The Twilight Zone. You watch The Twilight Zone at all? You must, yes. of course, you, of course, you do. Um, uh, the, <laughs> the episode with um, William Shatner when they went to the diner and they keep asking that little devil head. Um, yes, yeah, they keep asking asking it things and it keeps giving answers. Um, but they're asking things that they may not want to know. But this thing keeps giving answers and it's kind of right. It's not spot on, but it's kind of right, and they get addicted to it, right? And uh, you know which one I'm talking about, right? Oh yeah, yeah I love that episode. I tried to buy that that um that uh little what is it devil head thing. It's like a thousand two hundred bucks so i I'll pass for now, but at oh, some point goodness. I'll pick it up most likely um but yeah, like it, it reminds me of that what you were laying out there. like the only thing I would add is that uh you know trying to make sense of the nonsensical so the way i some of some things are definitely nonsensical, but the way I look at it and, and I'm a Christian, I believe in God right you know, mm-hmm. um It may not necessarily be nonsensical, but trying to make sense out of what you're not supposed to know is uh, is something else. Right. So uh, you're trying to figure it out and it's not meant for you to figure out. Then again, um, once you do something like this, it makes you hypersensitive to everything, which was what you laid out earlier. And you start seeing things and feeling things and they may not be there. So I get I get that whole uh, part of it. So you haven't experienced anything bad, but you have experienced things. Have you in your in your opinion uh yeah i had a connection with the other side
1: yeah and and so having nothing to do with the ouija board other than it's going to be my grandmother who who kind of introduced me to it um twice i've almost died and twice my grandmother after she's dead has appeared to save me it's really strange so I'll, i'll tell you this 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 weird story back in 2004 um, my husband and I were one of the first same sex couples married in the country. So we're coming off this big, you know, epic thing. And, um, I had a small tumor in my jaw, uh, that they wanted to take out and I, whatever. So I went in it was supposed to be a real simple surgery and, uh, end up getting an infection, mm-hmm. a really bad one. And, um, I'm really sick. Yeah. It goes into sepsis. I'm in the hospital. They're talking about putting me in a medically induced coma and I'm thinking, oh my God, okay, this is it. And, um, they warn me, okay, you're really sick. You need to tell us if you start to see anything, like, what are you talking about this? Well, if you start to see someone who you know is dead, we want to know, and we're not saying that you're seeing it, but we know that when people are very sick, they do tend to have these things that tells us you're not going in the right direction. So, you know, keep talking to us. Yeah. No, sooner they leave the room, I kind of go to sleep. And when I wake up, in comes my grandmother who died four years ago mm-hmm. with her walker. And it, what's weird is I knew she was dead. It wasn't like in my dream I was thinking, oh, she's, she's, alive. Like, she's alive. The world right? is alive. Mm-hmm. It was like, no, she's dead. And we talked and then she told me like, you know, you need to wake up because um, the, the antibiotic, the medicine they're giving you isn't the right one. And I'm like, how does she know? Like my grandmother was smart, but she wasn't into medicine. <laughs> um so she grabbed my arm, my left arm, and she, you know, yelled at me, "Wake up!" And I, I woke up, and uh, I told the doctors what happened. Sure enough, she was completely right. There was the wrong antibiotic. I was getting much sicker. They changed it, figured out what I had, and I got better. Wow! So that was, you know, kind of a cool story. Hmm. But flash forward to 2020, um, I had a really big back surgery. I was 11 hour surgery on uh, February 6th, and it didn't go very well. Lots of complications. Um, then I ended up with a really bad infection, went into sepsis. This is all as COVID is starting, right? Like, I don't really know about it. I'm super drugged up in the hospital and I, I I see it, but I don't really know what's happening. And, um, sure enough, I'm in the hospital and my grandmother, like here, like before what happens is I, I have the surgery. I come home, I start to get sick. And, um, They're watching it. They're like, well, you know, it's big surgery. You know, it's not going to be easy. So I'm. I go to sleep. It's on my birthday, February twentieth, and my family wants to have a party. I don't want to have a party. I'm super. I don't feel good. I leave. I just go upstairs and crawl upstairs and go to bed. And um, in in my dream, my grandmother comes back, and I'm thinking, oh shit, this can't be good because the last time I saw her was like not a great thing, and and she told me like really angry, like you need to wake up right now. You're really sick, and you need to. Like, go to the hospital. And I'm like, Grandma, I'm so tired. I just want to sleep. And she's like, no. She grabs my arm, yells at me, wake up. I wake up. I, I tell my husband, he takes my temperature. I have 105.9 fever, wow. which I didn't even know was possible, right? right. Like, I, I was like, this is broken. This can't be real. <laughs> but it was. We we tried a couple of thermometers. Uh, it was. And it called the 911. They show up. And it, the doctor said, if if I hadn't woken up when I did, I just wouldn't have. Wow. So um, Man, so twice zen. she has. Yeah. So twice she's come in. So again, the logic, you know, part of my brain says it, my brain created this, you know, the memory of my grandmother and because I, I would listen to her. So I would trust it. So I, I'm not opposed to my brain having created this situation so that I would not die at the same time. I'm just as open to the fact that that could be my grandmother who came back and to wake me up. I, I just don't know,
0: man. I would, uh, I would err on the side of, uh, somebody has your back, bro. Right. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's looking out one time, one time you can make that argument, but twice, I don't know. I, know. I don't know. So somebody has your back and, uh, grandma's looking down on you favorably. Maybe God also, <laughs> I, you know what I mean? So, Fantastic. Uh, Congratulations on that. And God bless you, man. I'm glad, I'm glad that you're here talking to me right now, you know, instead of me too. (laughs) I bet you are, bro. But you know, um, yeah, man, like, uh, that's a crazy story. Like I've, I've, uh, I've, do you think that your experiences with, and uh, aside from this, aside from this question, I want you to tell me where that name came from the Ouija name itself. Like what does it mean? But anyway, um, do you think that your experiences with the Ouija might uh, might have been the catalyst to, to something like this with your grandmother or not?
1: I think when you're open to experiences, you experience them. In, in other words, an atheist never experiences a miracle because they don't believe in God. Right. So nothing miraculous can happen. It just it was fate or a coincidence or whatever chance. Yeah. Um, if you don't believe in ghosts, you'll never have a paranormal experience. I think I am very open to experiences because i don't know the answers so i i think when you're open you you notice things you're you're open to them i think we hear so many of these same stories that i'm telling like my experience is not uncommon and so there's something there again is it scientific or is it paranormal right you know i don't know that's the beauty
0: oh we none of us do know we just uh we have to live by our experiences and make up our own minds for something like that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, what, what, what does it mean? What, 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 it, what? Gotcha. go ahead.
1: It, well, what's really cool is, um, I was part of figuring out this story really? most wow. of my life and, and most of you know, anyone who's around today, they would say, Ouija. it's the combination of, uh, the French and German words, we, and yeah. So the yes, yes board, that's what they always called it. Mm-hmm. And I never questioned it. Okay. That's the answer. Well, I was working in uh, Baltimore with the Baltimore Sun going through un- kind of organized newspapers and the old microfiche where you're like, Z-Z-Z, it's like super migraine. Your eyes are all messed up when you're done. But I came across a series of letters in 1919 from the originators where they all tell their version of the story of how it started. Wow. And so literally, I had a friend uh, who's a big inspiration, Gene Orlando from the Museum of Talking Boards. Uh, definitely a mentor of mine. And he always said, we'll never know the answer to these questions unless they just wrote a letter, which they're not going to do. Sure enough, we found these letters. It was kind of ironic. And um, and it's in their voice. So what we find out is that Charles Kennard says what happens. And Charles Kennard is the man who would claim to create the board that would become Ouija. Mm. Um, another man who's a friend of his E.C. Reich. Would also claim they work together, yeah. and but they both claim to do it. Um, but Charles Kennard is—he uh, starts a business with Elijah Bond in Baltimore, making these talking boards. It doesn't have a name yet. Elijah Bond's sister-in-law is considered a strong medium by him, and they're at 529 North Charles Street in Baltimore, which exists today. We have a plaque in there to show you the spot where the Ouija board got its name, and with her at the board, Helen Peters. They ask, "What do you want to be called?" And the board spells out O U I J A. Mm. And when they ask, "What does that mean?" the board answers, "Good luck." Nice. And so, Ouija, the Egyptian luck board, is named. Now, again, is that true? I don't know. <laughs> it's the it's it's their story. Yeah. But according to those present, that's what happened. So, they believe that's what happened. And um, Helen immediately took off this locket that she was wearing. And in the description, there was a a woman on the locket and it said Ouija over it. Well, what's interesting is, is the word didn't exist at the time. So we're not really sure what we think this might be is Helen's mother-in-law was a big medium in, in the UK. And She followed a practice of a belief of the spirit guide called Wiena, O-U-I-N-A. It's just so close that we wonder if there's a connection there. We don't know. But Helen Peters names the board. And then Elijah Bond realizes everyone's going to make these. So we have to stop that, right? We have to figure out. So they want a patent. And the patent office says, look, we're not going to give you a patent on this you put your fingers on it, you ask a question and it answers. You're going to have to prove this to us. So Elijah Bond and Helen Peters make their way to Washington, D.C. and they show the board to every clerk. And this is this is verified by um, the family stories and what's in the patent file at the National Archives that I found. Um, And so they show each one. Each one is like I don't know. I don't want to put my name on this. (laughs) So it goes all the way to the chief clerk of the patent office, who, according to the family, is super annoyed. They're like, "Ugh!" And, and, and I talked to the grandson of Helen Peters, who told me these stories, which match the stories they told at the time. So it's really cool. And he's like, look, you know, these people are supposed to take care of it. Why am I being called in here? He walks in and is annoyed and says, look, I don't know you and you don't know me. But if that contraption can spell out my name, you've got your patent. And again, with Helen Peters at the board, letter by letter, it spells out his name. And a, ve- a very visibly shaken patent officer said, you've got your patent and couldn't get out of the room fast enough. And <laughs> that's how it got its story. So th- so that we now know Helen Peters, this woman, was an important—a woman was a very important part of the birth of the Ouija board. Its name—it existed four years before, but— It didn't have its name. So um, she helped name it and get it patented, which were two really important things.
0: That's a fantastic story. Wow. I I want it to be real. Right. There's that there's (laughs) that aspect of it, too. Right. Like uh, I always refer back to the X-Files poster. You know, I want to believe. Right.
1: You know, you you want
0: you want those things when that maybe not everybody, but I I sure as hell would like to believe in something like that. That's a hell of a story. Um, Yeah. As far as the Ouija board, can you tell me any, any, I know Aleister Crowley did some things with it. I don't know if you're familiar with any of that, but if you are, please, please let me know. Or, or a Madame Blavatsky, I don't know if she had any interaction with uh, a, a Ouija board, but I'd love to know. I know Alistair did. They had some connection okay. there. Anyway, go ahead.
1: Yeah. Alistair Crowley used Ouija boards. Um, it, as we've seen, there was a book done um, about Alistair Crowley that a lot of that was not necessarily verified. But we know that he did use Ouija boards, and because they were so popular, you know, like, Ouija boards get really popular um, at times of like discontent and economic problems. Well, mm. look around; right. we've got it going on right now, right? <laughs> Ouija boards. Why does someone go to the Ouija board? Because it answers questions that nothing else can. Yeah. You turn to it because you're not getting answers anywhere else. So. Lots of people use them. I, I mean, it's really funny. You've got um, uh, the author of Sherlock Holmes, right? Uh, and you have um, his best friend Houdini. And Houdini thinks it's it's all this is all just bullshit. You know, they're like, this is just you're you're faking it. But but then you have um, the author of Sherlock Holmes, who who's totally believing in this stuff. So it's a very interesting thing that's happening because, again, like you said, people want to believe. We all want to believe that there's something else out there that we, that after our life, it means something. Mm-hmm. You just don't live this life and die and boop, Over, the curtain's yeah. closed. You know, and maybe that's what happens, but I don't think we want to believe that. Humans need to, like, there's got to be a reason for this. There has to be this. It's why we do these stuff, right? Like, we, we like to figure things out. And reaching out to the dead is so, is a, a very basic part of us, even though religions might say it's bad in the Jewish religion. It's actually, it's neither bad nor good. It's a waste of time. Mm -hmm. If you asked a rabbi, Hey, I've been playing a Ouija board. The rabbi would say, life is for the living. Like you're going to die someday and you'll know the answer. So why are you spending your life? This amazing opportunity that God's put you here on to waste your time with the dead. You'll get there. And so I, I always thought that was an interesting answer. Whereas, uh, my dad uh my real father was um he converted to be catholic and i uh, married again and so i got to learn about the catholic church on how like talking to the dead is a sin like it's it's bad it there's a there's a negative connotation to it where in the jewish religion it's not a negative it's just more like why
0: no i, I mean you know yeah. and, and go ahead good
1: ahead. no it just influenced tons of people so you know uh, I can't imagine a popular person who is into spiritualism not using the Ouija board at one time. But what's really funny is about its its roots. So before the Ouija board there were other spirit communication devices like the planchette, you know, that was on its own. Things came and went and people liked them and they were fads and they went away. The Ouija board stayed. But if you think about, you know, using the board and 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 again today versus why they did it before you know in the civil war people everyone lost a father mm-hmm. everyone lost a son everyone lost a cousin a grandfather father and so there was so much loss death was so overwhelmingly around you that talking to the dead was just as much for you as it was for a kid and you'll see like back in the 1800s if someone died a child died you would dress that child up Take one last picture with your living children and put that on your wall. Like so their experience with death is very different than our experience with death today. Today we push it away. You know, we don't want to die, we don't want to talk about it, we don't let kids go to funerals, we say let them have a childhood. That's not where it came from. You know, back in the day, if before they started embalming in, in the Civil War if someone died you know you, they were laid out in your house in your parlor and you helped change the ice you might even help bury them and it might be in your backyard it might not be in a group cemetery maybe in a family cemetery so death was a big part of what happens and in fact the parlor what happens well in in the civil war they start figuring out how to bomb people so they can get people home and get them buried with their families once that happens death leaves the house Because the funeral parlor is born, and that's where the name comes from. So death leaves the house, and we now go somewhere else to visit the dead. What's really cool is, subconsciously this happens. I've never found evidence this this was done on purpose, but it just is. What's the room we do everything in today that that would be called the parlor? What do you call it?
0: Oh, the living room. room, I got you. I got you. The
1: living room. room the living room Mm -hmm. so it went from the parlor and the funeral parlor took that name and we changed the name to the living room because now the dead is gone and so we've in time mm -hmm. we've pushed death away which makes it scary because the unknown and the unfamiliar are scary back in the 1800s death was so overwhelmingly part of their life that it, it didn't make it easy it's not like a mother who had you know six kids and three of them died she wasn't like oh well that's not it, it was the same grief it's just that they had to experience it so they did whereas we pushed that experience away and a lot of the ouija stations or the urban legends that grow up around ouija that's where those are born because people start to like get scared oh no i played it alone is that a rule did i break a rule did i not put the planchette back did i not sign off like all of those things come from this time when death was a big deal and The first boxes of Ouija boards showed a whole family, little kids playing it as well. The Ouija board always gets people upset when it's sold in toy stores. You always hear that. How could this be in a toy store? Ouija boards have been sold continuously in the toy store since 1890. Always been a toy. It's just that our view now, and again, it's not that people didn't think they were bad in the 1800s. They did, but they still did it. You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. today, it has a slightly sinister view. Yeah. People weren't thinking you were talking to demons or the devil himself. You know, I mean, you might have heard one or two or three stories, but they weren't. It wasn't the overwhelming feeling in time, and we can see it through movies, and um, we can see the Ouija board being depicted as darker and darker and darker. And, and by the time 1973 comes in The Exorcist, we see something really unique happen, and and it's basically. It's like the straw that breaks the camel's back. The pendulum was swinging this way to the Ouija board being a darker thing. And, and in the movie, they don't even spend a lot of time on it. It's a very short scene. It, the mother goes downstairs. She sees a little girl, her daughter, playing the Ouija board. Oh, where'd you get it? I found it in the basement. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, I talked to Captain Howdy. You know, I asked the questions. He answers. She tries to play. The planchette moves away. And they ask the question, is, is my mom pretty? Hmm. Captain Howdy doesn't answer. They're like, oh, well, I must be tired. Well, then this little girl becomes possessed by a demon. And so what people get out of it is, play the Ouija board alone, you could be possessed by a demon. And that really seeps into the culture. That's like another added layer. And today, overwhelmingly, that's something people believe. If you use the Ouija board, something bad, maybe a demon right. might come through.
0: Uh, a man is- Agreed one hundred, right? Like I mean, that's what people think for sure. you know, I mean, not everybody, but um a lot of us, right, in, including me. I don't know if i think I don't know if I think that I, I just err on the side of caution, I guess, like I, I don't know, call it whatever you will. you know, I, I call it programming. you can call it whatever else you want. It's still the same thing, you know, like because i yeah. I've, I've never had any experiences with it, so you know, it's just me drawing on whatever I was told in the past. Regardless, I, I am incredibly interested uh, by it. I want to ask you one more thing before we get up out of here anyway um, i I want to know if you know anything about the moon that's on the side of this. Thing. There's a moon on, on the uh, on, what a, on uh, the left side and something else like a round thing on the right side. Is that a full moon? I'm not sure. Just go ahead
1: yes on, on the original. Ouija boards, Mm -hmm. okay, so even before it was called uh, Ouija, um, when it was just called a witch board that they were making, you would see a a full moon, and then you would see, we know this because it's in the patent, Elijah Vaughn talks about it, there's a full moon, and then there's a crescent moon. But originally, the crescent was tipped like this, it it wasn't like this, like we think of it. By the time it gets the name Ouija, it turns, and they put kind of a star next to it. And so, um, that would change, uh, William fold who takes the over the company, um, in 1901 and just runs it under his own name. He would change that. So it eventually, and it would become a sun and a moon. So, you know, more towards that yin and yang thing. Right. But originally talking boards would have things that you would think of at night. Like they say goodbye, but originally the, the earlier talking boards would say things like good eve and good night. Well, why would they do that? In the Victorian times, you know, there was uh, – things were a little nicer. Mm-hmm. They had etiquette, right? So mm-hmm. if you were going to talk to a spirit, you'd start off by saying, good evening. right? And when you were done, you would say, good night. good night. And this was something you would play at night because that's when you would talk to the spirits, right? Like the family would gather around. Maybe they lost someone and say, okay, everyone, let's go around. And you'd start t- – so putting those symbols on them made sense.
0: Have uh, – do you still – play with them? And how often?
1: I All the time, because pe- when I go to conferences, people want to play with the Ouija guy. So um, yeah, they ask a lot. I love doing it. And again, I've never had a bad experience. But again, it's because I think about what I'm going to ask ahead of time. I, I am cognizant of watching people and how they feel. And so, you know, you steer the conversation the way uh, it, it goes in a positive way.
0: Well, Robert, man, this has been absolutely fantastic. I got to tell you. I had a blast. Awesome. Thank you. I had a blast uh, um having this conversation and learning so much about the board. Um, at some point I'll probably purchase an old one. I really want awesome. one. You know, like uh I I would go around purchasing all types of stuff. Like I really want to see Annabelle, you know, the Annabelle oh, doll, yeah. right? It's in Connecticut, you know, so I, I yep. want to drive down there and go check it since I'm in New York, but um but I, I think they, they they're closed for renovations or something, so I can't go down there but I would buy all that stuff and keep it somewhere, you know. I, I just think it's fascinating. I, I would love it's to buy the cool. crystal skull, the the Mitchell Hedges crystal skull. In, I'd love yeah. to have that thing. If I hit the lottery, I'd go buy it, you know. And
1: yeah, well, I I, I hope you hit the lottery. <laughs> When you get your Ouija board, ask for the numbers and let's see what happens. That would (laughs) be
0: super cool. I don't think I'll be doing that, brother. (laughs) You know, and then I'll start thinking about you talk about being hypersensitive. I'll start thinking about what's going to happen to me that I just create a Faustian bargain with God knows what and uh, whatever I buy up. I'm telling you exactly what would go on in my mind after the fact. So I'm just going to stay away from that. And hopefully I'll win the lottery in some some, uh, you know, regular type of fashion and I'll buy one and keep it somewhere just to. Just to have, you know, and, and and look upon it and maybe tell stories about it. It's dope. You know, yeah, Hey, listen, man, you did a fantastic job. Uh, it was it was great. I enjoyed it very, very much. Make sure you tell everybody where they can find you and everything about your work. Go ahead, sir.
1: Absolutely. So, again, it's uh, I, I go by Merch, but uh, you can find us, the Talking Board Historical Society on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're basically everywhere. If you want to know about me, uh, you can go to Robertmerch.com dot com. But if you want to know about the Talking Board Historical Society, which is way more interesting because there's more people, um, go to tbhs.org. So Talking Board Historical Society, it's just the first letter, uh, tbhs.org, and you'll learn all about us. And and you can support the fun things we do because we are a nonprofit.
0: Oh, that's dope. All right. Hold on for just a second. Don't hang up. Listen, everybody, thank you for uh, tuning in to another episode of The Infinite Fringe. Uh, We have another episode coming up. Uh, Halloween related or, you know, mystical, whatever you want to call it. It's it's coming up soon. Lord willing, I, I don't want to jinx it. Every time I announce something, it doesn't happen. So uh, let's, uh, let's hope it does because it's interesting as hell. But anyway, I had a blast. I really did. So I hope uh, everybody has a, a safe and happy Halloween. There's some time before that happens right now, but uh, this will drop before Halloween. So I want to make sure that uh, um, everybody is doing well out there and be careful. You know, uh, the times are the times that we need to keep them in mind as we uh, move about our business. So be very careful. And thank you. Thank you very much, Robert. Thank you very much, everybody for listening. Talk to you guys next week. Lord willing. Bye-bye.